You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Amen. So if you are visiting with us today, uh, today we're talking all about Hope Worldwide, this organization that we just uh, heard a little bit about. Of, about. Uh, we didn't invite you to church today to ask you to contribute, so put that right out of your mind. Uh, but we do uh, really celebrate the things that Hope is, is doing. And uh, so today you're going to get to hear from some young people who've been involved in that work. And I hope you'll get uh, inspired to help out uh, yourself. Uh, if you want to uh, pull your app out, there's a few notes that you can follow along on on the South Bay app. Or if you just want to listen. But we're going to mostly be uh, hearing from stories. We're going to be uh, looking at video and just kind of getting uh, involved with what Hope's doing, uh, engaged in our minds with what Hope's doing. So a few things about Hope. Um, uh, ju- this is just from September, just so you have an idea what Hope's doing. This is just in the month of September, and this is even before everything happened with Puerto Rico. Um, so in the USA, uh, Hurricane Harvey impacted 13 million in intense floodings, caused 1.7 trillion in economic loss. Um, so we are serving there. The, the team arrived in Houston and is serving. Uh, recovery efforts will take many years to come. Venezuela, there's been economic deterioration in that country, which has caused per, polimi- political turmoil. And, uh, and so Hope has been there and helping out with local communities. Sierra Leone, uh, flooding induced a landslide that killed over 500 people. Another 810 were missing. Uh, almost 6,000 people impacted. Hope is working there. You know, this is stuff you maybe didn't even know about, right? Uh, in Ukraine, there's been conflicts, uh, political conflicts that have caused refugees, including children. So Hope Worldwide is assisting trauma recovery on the ground there in Ukraine. In India, there were heavy rains that uh, caused flooding, 943 deaths, impacted three, 30 million people. And so Hope Worldwide, uh, just in September, uh, brought uh, 8,900 8, meals, distribution of 3740 pounds of drinking water. You know, this just gives you an idea of the kind of stuff. This is only September. Uh, that Hope has been doing around the world. In the Nepal, heavy rains has affected flooding in 39 districts, causing 159 deaths, uh, 43,400 homes destroyed, 192,000 homes damaged. I, I didn't even know about this going on in Nepal. I don't know about you. Maybe you stay more in touch with what's going on. In Bangladesh, similarly, heavy rains, 144 deaths, 8 million people impacted. Hope is working there with local partners. So these are just some of the things that Hope is doing around the world. That's just for September, just to give you an idea. So since uh, Hope started in 1991, I know it's hard to see this, but um, it just kind of gives you an idea. You can hopefully read the bold part, part. 103 million people have been given free medical care uh, there in Seneca Hospital Center of Hope since 1996. Um, uh, in, in our community service brigades, we'll hear a little bit more about that. But 21,860 individuals have received medical and dental care for free through the, the HOPE uh, community brigades. Uh, 170,000 orphans, orphans have benefited from early childhood development uh, that HOPE has been providing in Africa and India. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, diseases that are caused that, that could be preventable if, if children were just taken care of properly. And so that's one of the things that Hope does is just educate uh, people in these communities. Uh, 500 plus volunteers uh, since it started have served in Hope Youth Corps, and we're going to be able to hear from several from our own fellowship today. And we heard from two last week that have served in Hope Youth Corps just this summer. 
And then uh, since 2005, Hope has been really uh, mobilizing to help with natural disasters and things that happen that are just major, uh, major uh, have caused a disruption in our world. And so 990 times they have been there to help. And, you know, sometimes we'll take up a special contribution to help out in those situations. But just want to make you aware of how amazing this organization that, you know, many of us are involved in. We're part of local uh, things that Hope is doing, but we might not be aware of some of the global things that Hope is doing. So how do we help Hope? What is today all about? What is the International Day of Giving about? And we've been contributing monthly kind of throughout the year as, uh, as Robert Carrillo talked about today. But we wanted to make today kind of the official International Day of Giving, supporting Hope Worldwide. But when you contribute to Hope, Hope multiplies that. So the ICOC is, is our church, uh, our International Churches of Christ. If you're a guest with us, we have 600 plus churches around the world that we're, we're connected with. So we all support hope. And uh, when we give a $1 uh, in a church, hope will multiply to $10 in benefit. Because that $1 is multiplied through uh, the efforts that hope uh, does to raise other funds and the organizational efforts and the infrastructure and all of that. Because what happens is sometimes organizations will say, okay, we have this, these $20,000 to donate, but we want it to go directly to this project, which is great, but you know you need infrastructure for that. Somebody has to talk to that company. Somebody has to have that interaction. Somebody has to let them know what Hope is doing. So what, when we give, it's unrestricted funds, so Hope can use that to generate more money. Does that make sense? So what, what you're giving today, you might... I like to think about it going directly to the projects because, in a way, it's kind of going to the projects, but it's multiplied. So if I'm giving today, I'm giving to... You know, the, 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 uh, in India, there's a, a village of hope where they uh, help lepers, people that have been, you know, in Indian society is the caste system. So it's, it's, um, it, it, it's not, you know, democratic in terms of the way you think about it. everybody's equal. It's I'm better than you. And the very lowest is the lepers. And so they get ostracized by the community. So hope comes in and takes care of the leper community. But when you give today, you could think about, OK, I'm giving directly to that because if I'm giving a dollar, Hope's going to turn that into $10 that will go to that. Uh, so that's just a way to think about how what we contribute makes a difference. Um, I want to watch another video here that uh, just gives you an idea of with a disaster. This is from a year or two ago, but just uh, kind of when, when natural things, natural disasters happen or political disasters happen, how Hope steps in. And this is just uh, how Hope is helping refugees. But when you watch this, I want you to put yourself in the shoes of that family or that those people what it would be like to be going through what this video is going to talk about here. Worldwide is privileged to work with our global family of volunteers. Hope is on the front lines in some of the world's most difficult situations. Currently in Europe and Eurasia, there are millions of people seeking refuge from civil war turmoil in their home countries, including Afghanistan, Pakistan, and Syria, where more than 50% of the country's population has been killed or forced to flee their homes. While thousands of refugees are living in camps organized by governmental and relief organizations, there are many who are still forced to live on the streets with nowhere to go. These include the elderly and women and children. The political and social issues surrounding the refugee crises are complicated. However, we recognize that our mission is to bring hope to the people in need, especially to the young mothers and children who are fighting to survive in these very challenging situations. Hope Worldwide has partnered with the volunteers 
from Munich, Germany Church of Christ to provide basic supplies and relief to families living outside the borders of the camps. Recently, we helped acquire an ambulance to transport the sick and injured to hospitals for treatment. Volunteers have also traveled throughout the region to deliver truckloads of food, clothing, and basic necessities to people living in school buildings, abandoned warehouses, under bridges, and on the streets. We are excited to soon offer additional help through a mobile center titled Mommy and Me Station, stocked with diapers, formulas, strollers, toys, and other supplies for mothers who are trying to care for their children while living as refugees. There are many needs to be met. Please join us in praying for the vulnerable and suffering, as well as for peace in our world. Just imagine if, you know, something happened where you and your whole family was forced to flee on foot uh, for your lives. And, uh, you know, not knowing where you're going to, how you're going to provide for your family, not knowing how you're going to feed your kids. Uh, that would just be so, so difficult. And so many people in our world are going through experiences like that more than ever before in the last several years. And so it's just encouraging that Hope is doing whatever they can to help in those situations and to help people like these refugees uh, to be able to have their basic needs uh, taken care of. And uh, it's really encouraging that uh, even though we've got projects in 60 countries all over the world that, um, you know, Hope is doing, that we can hear about some specific things through uh, people from our fellowship who are able to participate in those things. And so we're going to have some students come out. They're going to come out right now uh, and young people uh, who participated in some, uh, some events and some projects that Hope is doing this last summer. And so they're going to share a little bit about uh, what that experience was like and how that affected them. And then, uh, and then we'll continue with a few scriptures. First, we have Marshall Craig. <laughs> well, good morning. My name is Marshall. I think most of you know me. Um, this summer, I was given the opportunity to go on a Hope Youth Corps. Uh, I went to Philadelphia. Um, ooh, represent. <laughs> and uh, it was kind of a last-minute thing, um, and I wasn't really sure if I wanted to go or not at first. Um, but ultimately, I decided to go, and I'm really glad that I went. Um, while we were there, uh, we worked on a couple of different projects. Um, one of the things we did was we served at a drug rehab facility, uh, in northern Philadelphia, and if you don't know, northern Philadelphia is one of the poorest areas in the country. Um, the drug rehab facility was called One Day at a Time, and uh, we did things like uh, we mopped the floors and we cleaned up the street outside. Uh, the manager of One Day at a Time took us on a tour of the area, and um, when we were in the vans, uh, he took us around the city and it was really sad just to see what these people go through and um, to see what crime and drugs have done to these people's lives. Um, but the drug rehab facility was really a seed of hope in all of it. Um, another thing we did while we were in Philly was we spent time with children in foster care, and we spent time with children that were just really not in good places. Um, and it just made me grateful for what I have and the family that I live in and uh you know, this church that I'm part of. Um, but the thing I'm most grateful for is the family experience that's created by Hope Youth Corps. Um, I'm really grateful for the friends that I made while I was there. Um, I kind of went into Hope Youth Corps thinking that, you know, I wasn't really going to get close to people. And um, 
I would just kind of slide by and not really talk to anybody. That did not happen. Um, by the end of the trip, I did not want to go home because I knew I would miss my friends. Uh, I got to have some really good spiritual conversations with them, and they really helped me draw closer to God. Um, Jasmine Pusateri was also on the same trip as me, and I'm going to let her share now. Uh, hi. Uh, sorry, Marshall. Okay. Hi, I'm Jasmine Fusateri, and I attended the Philadelphia Track to Hope Youth Corps. I got the privilege to serve with 20, oh, sorry, to serve for two weeks with 49 plus people at Camp Hope for Kids, ODAT, which is an organization that helps homeless men, women, and families who have addictions or are struggling to support themselves. They provided counseling, linkage to health and recovery, shelter, etc. Um, we also evangelized at Temple University and cleaned up areas around North Philly and Camp. Before going, I didn't have the full heart to serve and was more caught up with stuff that was going on in my life. After many prayers, long talks with my parents, and encouragement from them and Catherine, I decided to go to go serve for God. Within the first three, uh, two days, there was so many amazing friendships that were built. Everyone was constantly encouraging each other and being really open. By the end, it felt like a true family. I could go on and on about people I spent Hope Youth Corps with, but one, one out of many experiences, the most encouraging and impactful part to me was going to the ODAT organization and spending time with the Camp Miracle Kids. At ODAT, we helped paint the walls, pick up trash around the building, and put up poster, posters. We also went on a tour a couple streets down from the ODAT building to see what kind of people went to the organization for help. It hurt my heart seeing the environment environment people are used to every day majority had ripped up dirty clothes kids roaming the streets by themselves people drinking doing drugs um, smoking etc the kids we mentored came from the area so it was really inspiring to um, make sure their days at camp were really special camp hope for kids is giving the kids a chance to have like a little getaway full of encouragement and fun the kids would run around the field playing games, going in the pool, ziplining, playing gaga, which was very popular, and many more activities. Um, by the last day of camp, they went home with big smiles on their faces and constantly singing the Camp Burrito song. The point is that there's so much more that can be done, and going to Philly helped change my heart and inspired me to want to serve God more by serving people. A leader back at camp gave us a scripture to prepare our hearts to the things that we would see, and that's something I really needed. It's James 127. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and fault, uh, faultless is this, to look after orphans and, widow, and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted polluted by the world. At some point in my future, I hope to travel with hope worldwide and let God use me to serve people and love the people around me. Good morning. My name is Kimmy, and this past summer I went on a Hope Youth Corps in La Paz, Bolivia, which is the poorest country in South America. Though the people there do not have much, they are capable of showing immense amounts of love. I was amazed by how encouraging and joyful they were even though they have experienced the toughest, the toughest situations you can imagine. One of my favorite memories is when we visited an orphanage and these two girls, their names were Pamela and Anais, painted my nails. I was surprised by how excited they were and it made me realize how easily I take little things for granted. The way the people of Bolivia served me and loved me impacted me the most. In a morning diva one day, we learned about how it can sometimes be hard to serve within our daily lives because we have conditional compassion. 
We judge who deserves our help and love, but in reality, we are called to serve everyone the way Jesus did. Jesus' disciples were not perfect, but they didn't just stay home talking about what he did. They went out and did likewise because they had a heart for God. We serve a God that can move mountains, and all of us are blessed with gifts we can use to change the world. When I came home, I, of course, missed the people, and even though it was really high altitude, I missed not being able to breathe. But here at home, I have so many opportunities to give to others around me. Mother Teresa once said, never worry about the numbers. Always help one person at a time, starting with the person right next to you. If you have the time, the heart, and the resources to go on a Hope Youth Corps, I highly recommend it. Your life, your perspective, and your heart will be changed. Even if you cannot go, though, donating to Hope, giving others the opportunity to serve, and even volunteering locally is just as important. To sum it up, I wanted to share a scripture in Philippians 2. In verse 3, it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Thank you. One second. Sorry, I think I lost it. Okay. Hi, guys. I'm Abby Payne. So this summer, I was blessed to participate in the Hope for Kids Leadership Academy in Philadelphia. We volunteered um, at the Leadership Academy for five weeks and not only got to serve for five weeks straight, but where we got to plant hundreds of seeds around the city. During the Leadership Academy, our HEFCLA, as we called it, I was able to train to be a part of the ministry, serve at the ACR and the New York teen camps, evangelize on the UPenn campus, as well as mentor Cece, a girl from inner city Philadelphia who is a participant in Camp Miracles, an organization out of Saturday Academy. Throughout camp, I struggled through walking pneumonia, four emotional breakdowns, and many, many bug bites, but that didn't stop me from having the best time of my life. Working with Camp Miracles was definitely definitely interesting, learning inner city lingo such as you heard, as well as learning how to roast people. But I also got to learn a lot about these incredibly strong girls. North Philadelphia is the poorest city in the nation, so having these children come from this dark place to a camp called Hope was so amazing. Camp was surrounded by endless trees and hills, as well as a beautiful lake. And to see how grateful these kids were just to roll around on a patch of grass was so strange, but yet so inspiring. We so often take for granted having beaches such a close drive away, fancy coffee shops, and all-organic foods, when these kids can barely survive in their own city where they're aren't even guaranteed clean water. Because of this new point of view, I got to leave Hefkla and that beautiful camp with an eagerness to serve, amazing relationships that I had already been searching for my whole life, as well as a completely new heart, and I can honestly say I left with a new heart. Um, In Deuteronomy 11.13, it says, Faithfully obey the commands I am giving you today, to the Lord your God, and to serve him with all your heart and all your soul. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Amy Funabashi, and I had the opportunity to share and share in Lakai, Haiti, this past summer. Um, I didn't know what to expect. I had never been out of the country, and I had never gone on a service trip with Hope before. So, at the end of my first day, I, after experiencing the heat, the humidity, the bugs, and lots of sweat, I was like, "I'm ready to go home. I can't do this. How can God use me in this place?" Um, But after lots of prayer and scripture and encouragement from lots of people, I made it through the two weeks, and I had the best time of my life. Um, We got to stay at the Oasis Home for Kids, an orphanage created by our church leaders in the Hamilton Church of Christ in Canada, where we got to mentor children and help rebuild the orphanage that was affected by Hurricane Matthew in 2016. 
We also got to visit the beaches of Lakai and help clean them up. They were, like, just littered, filled with trash, just so much trash that we got to help clean up. And we also visited this village in St. Martin, which is um, this little village on the edge of Haiti that, or of Lakai, Haiti, that has not been reached out to, received any relief or aid from Red Cross or anybody. So it was really cool just to see um, the, or see how God can work this little village through us just helping um, fetch water from a well um, and to help cook and clean and rebuild homes in the church there. So that was a really cool opportunity that we got to have. Um, the resources in Haiti were limited and the extreme um, and the conditions were extreme. It's hot. Um, they have, you know, they don't have the resources that we have. They don't have clean water. So it was really um, eye-opening just to see what we have and we can get done in a day that takes them months to get done. Um, you know, all these things were limited and extreme, but one thing that was visible was God. After learning of the crises that happen in places like Haiti and these countries, um, all I thought was there was just pain and suffering and poverty and crime, and how can God possibly be working in these places? But it was so clear that while I was there that God was there through the people that were showing me so much love and joy and strength. I, I just felt served more than I was able to serve other people. And I just really learned a new... Um, found a new gratitude from, for what I have, the, the fact that I can walk to my bathroom and drink water out of the sink and um, brush my teeth with clean water and little things like that. And uh, that really just put a lot of things into perspective. These people, they, they have so much less than we do, and all you can really do is rely on God and trust him when you don't have, you know, things to look for, for comfort, like social media, the things that we constantly are putting our trust and security in. You, you don't have that in Haiti, so you really only have God. I learned what it meant to really rely on God in a whole new way and a new perspective on what it means to serve. And... Um, you know, if you have the time or the resources, I really would want to, like, encourage you to, to serve on one of these trips. Go to another country or even in our own country um, and serve and help out. You can also help out by donating to HOPE as well as the HOPE Scholarship Fund so other people can have a chance to go on these trips because a lot of times the finances are what keeps us from doing this. And um, also finding ways to serve in our commu- community, which is really important because there's, there's stuff that happens even though we don't see it every day right outside our front door, you know, LA and everything. So all it takes is to make a difference by caring and giving back what God has given us. So I want to share in 1 Peter 4, 8 through 11, the message version. It says, most of all, love each other as if your life depended on it. Love makes up for practically anything. Be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless cheerfully. Be generous with the different things God gave you, passing them around so that so all get in on it. If words, let it be God's words. If help, let it be God's hearty help. That way, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus, and he'll get all the credit as the one mighty in everything. You know, God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the call. So don't think about it. Don't make excuses. Just go and serve. Through service, we are able to glorify God just like Jesus did. So let God use you. Thank you. Amen. Let's give one more uh, round of applause for these young uh, men and women. Uh, it's not easy to uh, it's not easy to get up here and, sh- and share. And uh, so really appreciate their courage and appreciate them uh, going and being sent and going and, and doing this for the Lord and and uh, for how God has used it to bless them. Uh, now we get to hear uh, another kind of thing that Hope does, and that's about the Hope uh, Community Service Brigades. And uh, Diane, how many times have you gone on these? 
four times. So she's gone on four of these. Uh, she'll share about her area of expertise and how she's able to uh, to help out. But with these uh, community service brigades, um, Hope will come right into a community and, and help the, the, even the Christians, because in some of our churches, the Christians are in great need. Uh, and so we'll, we'll help our brothers and sisters as well as in the greater community with some of their medical needs. Um, so we're going to hear from Diane, who went on a recent trip down to Tijuana. Hi. Um, so I just want to share with you um, about this first uh, community service brigade in um, Tijuana. We're in a team of volunteers from all walks of life uh, provided outpatient medical and dental care to the community as well as our church family in Tijuana. Uh, These brigades have been going on since uh, 2010 in Central America. So when I found out about it, um, I just got really excited because, you know, it's been a while since since I went to a brigade, and it's only a few hours away and a great opportunity to uh, to use the profession that God has blessed me with uh, to serve not only the Mexican community, but also our brothers and sisters there. So for two days, uh, we got to um, medical services were rendered to 98 kids, 145 adults, 147 dental patients, six counseling, 130 lab tests, 320 uh, prescriptions were filled, 147 fluoride treatments, 247 glasses were dispensed. You know, even if you're not an optometrist, you can still dispense glasses there. Um, 216 uh, were given antiparasite, which is a medicine to to help ensure that these kids have the ability to, to, uh, to reach their full growth and potential, development potential. And then um, 164, 164 vitamins for kids with a six-month supply. Um, so I'm so grateful to get to be a part of this, you know, when a group of disciples come together. Uh, it's always with a purpose to love give and um and serve and with a brigade like this you know anything goes you don't know what to expect that's why you always have to bring with you uh, your faith your faith in god so you will have uh flexibility and and fun at the same time so for two days uh from san diego we would walk back and forth through the border it was my first time in tijuana and um, I totally saw the difference between the two countries, separated only by border. It reminded me of the poverty um, of the poverty in the Philippines, where I'm from. So the first day, we went to a soccer community clinic, where um, <clears throat> one of the brothers from San Diego, Jeff Wadstrom, would help out the kids and the youths there by using sports to save lives and um, that allows them to stay out of drugs, violence, and prostitution. prostitution. So these kids used to compete for alcohol and, and deal with drugs. A couple there actually opened up their house to let these kids stay 20 during the week and 30 on weekends, and they don't even have a big house. And that brother's uh, family group, uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff's family group supports this couple. So the kids and the family were, were truly grateful for 
the medical and dental services that they received and was in awe that, that the team was there to, um, to take care of their health needs. I was in the dental team, so uh, Tess and I brought our two big luggages filled with instruments and materials and were ready to pull out a lot of teeth. <laughs> but uh, it turned out that most of the patients only needed needed cleaning and fillings. Of course, we weren't prepared for, for that because we didn't have the right equipment and the instruments. That's when, you know, faith and flexibility uh, need to come in. And, of course, God provided us with... Um, with those instruments, because the local dentist brought them, and we had to work with it, with whatever's there. It reminded me of reminded me of Jesus when he fed the five thousand, and he asked his disciples, "What do you have?" Uh, we only have this bread and the fish. That's it. So it's like work with what you have, and God will do the rest. And on the second day, we got to meet our and serve our brothers and sisters, um, and there in Tijuana Church, and it reminded me of the scripture, Galatians 6.10. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. I felt served, too, because they cooked a delicious meal for us. I think that's one of the highlights. (laughs) Uh, They don't have that much, but out of the overflow of their hearts, They still gave. Uh, One of the brothers even went back and gave each one of us a pomegranate that he picked himself from from his tree as a token of appreciation. You know, when you have the love of God overflowing in your heart, the willingness to give and serve follow. Uh, You don't have to be a healthcare professional to to serve in these brigades. If you can face paint, teach English, translate, count vitamins, whatever skills or profession that you do, it would go a long way in serving those communities. You know, it's International Day of Giving today, but every day, every day we have opportunities to give and serve in our small little ways. Uh, in Luke 12:48, it says, To whom much is given, much will be required. Thank you for letting me share. Amen. Appreciate Diane sharing. And, uh, man, that scripture she quoted uh, is one of those that, you know, kind of haunts me. Um, To whom much has been given, much will be required. That we have been given so much. And so what do we do in response? You know, how do we help here? Um, You know, you might have, it's super inspiring to hear all these stories. It's super inspiring to hear uh, from uh, these, these awesome young people who are able to maybe go somewhere, to go to Haiti, to go to Mexico. Um, to go to Philadelphia, inner city, um, one of the most impoverished parts of our nations. But, but, you know, you might feel like, well, I have a busy job and I've got to provide for my kids and I've got all these responsibilities and I can't take a trip like that. I, can't, I haven't been sent somewhere. You know, I'm, I'm here. But there's something each one of us can do right here. And each one of us really, you are sent somewhere. Uh, you have been sent. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are a sent person. Uh, even right now, you are a sent person by God because God is a missionary God. God is all about bringing people back into a relationship with Him. And God is about, uh, the Bible says, God is close to the brokenhearted. 
and those who are crushed in spirit. That's who God is. God has a heart for the orphan and the widow. And Jesus came and really represented that in, in fleshly human form. And so if we are his followers, if we're going to claim to be his followers, then that's who we need to be no matter where we are. You know, no matter where we are, Jesus should be there. Does that make sense? So even on your job, even, even if you have a demanding office cubicle job where you only see four or five people uh, for ten hours at a time, you are sent to those four or five people. Or you are sent to those people that you interact with in that, you know, in that environment, maybe on the elevator or uh, in the lobby or, or whatever. Just, it, it's a whole different way of thinking about yourself in your life, right? It's not like, okay, missionary work or serving the poor, or serving the community. This is something I do, you know, once in a while. Or this is something we do on, on Martin Luther King weekend. We're going to go and serve somewhere. No, it's something, it's the way we should live our lives. And it's the way we should think about ourselves. And I just wanted to show you three scriptures that, that make me think about this and, and help me kind of help me with processing this. In Matthew 4:19, if you're you're probably familiar with this story, this is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And he'd had some interaction with these men in Galilee that were fishermen. Uh, but this is where he officially calls them to be his followers. And he says, Come follow me. They're fishing uh, in one of the accounts. Uh, they have this miraculous catch of fish, and Peter falls down and says, oh, get away from me, I'm a sinful man, Jesus. But Jesus says, don't worry, Peter, I will show you how to fish for men. I'm going to give you a new purpose, I'm going to give you a new mission. Even if you're you know, still working as a fisherman, maybe, you're going to have a greater calling, a greater perspective. I'm going to show you how. That helps encourage me that Jesus is the one that's going to help me. You know, Jesus is the one that's going to teach me how to be more giving. That's going to teach me how to fish for people, how to impact other lives. And so I just need to imitate him. I just need to follow him. And think for a minute, how did Jesus fish for men? What did Jesus do in a community? He, he, you know, his, one of his first public sermon that's re- recorded, he quotes from Isaiah where he says, The Spirit of the, lo- of the Lord is on me and has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, recovery of sight for the blind, uh, to release the oppressed, those held in captivity. Jesus came to make a difference in people's daily lives. And you see that in every interaction he has. Healing, helping those who are hurting. Emptying himself for the benefit of others. That's how Jesus fished for men. Um, He made disciples and he taught them how to do the same. And so he interacted with people. And so that helps me think about, I, I, I need to fish for men in the same way. I need to be, yes, preaching the word in terms of, getting people to read the Bible or getting people to come to church or getting people to know more intellectually about God. But there's a whole other side of it, which is helping people, Uh, you know, engaging people, figuring out what what do you need and how can I help uh, provide that? Or how can we together serve our community in some way? It's just a different way of thinking about how we make disciples. And it's how Jesus did it. He clothed the poor. He helped the sick. Did he did he heal every sick person on the earth while he was here? No. In fact, he said, the poor you will always have. But he showed that that's the way to impact lives, is one by one, soul by soul, uh, doing what we can for other people. A little bit later in Matthew 5, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is uh, expressing his vision for the church and what the church should be, what his people, this is what his people represent. And you've got to understand, you know, he, he had a ragtag bunch of guys at the time. Th- this was not looked at, at the Ro- as, by the Roman Empire as this... Uh, amazing organization that Jesus set up. It's just he, he was called a friend of sinners. He was a friend of the outcasts and the people who are marginalized, the people who are 
you know, everybody else had kind of given up on, that was his friends. That was his group of buddies, you know. And, uh, but he tells them, you, you tax collector, you sinner, you know, you, everybody else who looks down on you, you are the light of the world. You are a city on a hill. And, and, and if you picture the, uh, you know, in the first century, it wasn't like now where there's so much light, we take it for granted at night. It's almost very, very rare for us to ever experience real darkness at night, right? Maybe if you go camping in the mountains, it might be the only way you even experience it. But imagine, you know, when you're out there camping at, at night, if you, it's total darkness and then you, 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 were, you were walking or hiking and then you saw a city on a hill. It would just fill, you know, your whole frame with light. That's who the church is meant to be. Uh, that we are meant to shine, each one of us, he says, let your light shine before others so they may see your good deeds and praise your heavenly Father. So that's the cool thing, is that when we let our light shine in the way Jesus described, who does the praise go to? Not us, God, right? We let our light shine, they see our good deeds, and then they give praise to God. That's how we should live our lives, that I'm going to let my light shine, but it's not about me or showing you who I am or what I'm doing or what my church is doing. I'm showing you how awesome God is. I'm reflecting God's glory and how amazing God is. And so Jesus was a, you know, when he interacted in the community, people that were nothing like Jesus liked Jesus. People that were nothing like Jesus liked Jesus. That should tell you something. It's not about being a religious person or, you know, just, I got to stand up for my convictions. Amen. We got to stand up for my convictions. But there's something deeper that people who are nothing like us should like us. Because we reflect God, because we reflect Jesus. That doesn't mean everybody's going to like us. Jesus said, you w- they will hate you. They hated me, they'll hate you too. So there's the other side of it. But in, in daily living, you know, that should be our goal. To, to, as much as possible to, to live at peace with others and to reflect God to others and to let our light shine wherever we are, wherever our local environment is. Not just going overseas or going to Haiti or going to Tijuana. If you can do that, amen, please do that. But, but I... I want to call you to, to be a sent missionary right where you are. And, and lastly, uh, in Matthew 16, uh, Jesus says to Peter, you are Peter. He gives him a nickname we heard about last week that Dustin talked about, a rock. You're, the, you're a rock. You're like this little rock. And, I will, and, and he says, on this rock, he uses a different word for like a huge granite you know, foundation. So Peter, you're like this little rock. That you fit into this big foundation, and Jesus says, on this rock, the foundation that he is the, the Messiah, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. The gates of Hades will not be over to stand against uh, the church advancing. And, and this is interesting, but his term, the, the way he phrases this, the, the way he terms it, the gates of Hades. So a gate, does a gate move? No. I mean, it opens, but does it move locations? No. So if the gates of Hades aren't able to overcome the church, what does that infer? That the church is pushing into hell itself. That the church is advancing powerfully past those gates of hell to snatch souls from the fire. Uh, that's who we should be at the church as a church. A church on the move. Dangerous disciples. You know, we were never called to be safe Christians. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're not called to be a safe Christian. Everything comfortable and everything's nice and put little scriptures on my wall. And you know what I mean? Like, amen, scriptures on your wall is nice and all that. But, but there's, this, there's this even vision that people have of Christianity that's kind of the Ned Flanders 
uh, image. Everything's just okay, 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 you know. Uh, and just sort of, you know, that's not that's not inspiring. But if you look at Jesus and who he was in the community, that's inspiring. Living on the edge, living, going into danger zones spiritually. We're disciples going into danger zones, pushing past the gates of hell. That's who we should be no matter where we are. And, uh, and so, you know, in a practical sense, it's just, again, thinking differently. Wherever you are in your day, just thinking, how is God working here in this space? And how can I be a part of it? What is God doing here? What would God want me to do, you know, in, in, in terms of his kingdom? And how can I tie into that? Um, you know, I was thinking about this, looking over these scriptures. I was um, actually working on a paper uh, on Friday night at Starbucks. It was about nine at night or something. And, uh, but I was thinking about this because I was thinking about the, the, the service as well, thinking about being like Jesus and thinking about, you know, what he would do. And, and the Starbucks right by my house, it's on the corner of, uh, of Hawthorne and PCH. And I don't know why, but this particular Starbucks, there's, there's more times than not, there's usually someone there with mental illness or a homeless person or it just that corner seems to be someplace where these guys hang out. And, uh, you know, usually I'm just busy with what I'm doing and I just, you know, we, it, I, I'm embarrassed to admit it or to confess that I can just tune, tune those people out, tune out people that, you know, are sitting on the side of the road or that are, you know, over in the grass or something or, or that come into Starbucks and they, they they're, seem like they're talking to someone, they're having a conversation with someone that's not there, you know, and, uh, or, or I kind of notice them, but I'm like, I don't, it, and I'm kind of, going, I don't even know what to do or where to start with this, but, but I, I happened to be more kind of aware of what was going on. And, and um, this guy came in and he was uh, acting really strange and he was kind of having a conversation with somebody that wasn't there and, and being kind of erratic. And he came and he went to the trash and he got a cup out of the trash and then he poured milk into it or he tried to pour milk into it, but there was only half and half. So he was really angry. He was like, oh. so he put the the half and half in there and then put a bunch of sugar and drank it. And then he went up to the person that works there and he told him he was, there's no milk. Why is there no milk? And uh, the lady said, oh, I'm sorry. We, at this time of day, we only have half and half. So then he kind of stormed off and went back over to that area. And then she went away for a minute and then she came out and she was carrying a little thing of milk. She just gave it to him and said, I'm sorry, here's, here's some milk for you. So he took the milk and he added some sugar to it and he drank it. But it just made me think about, you know, what's this guy's life like? That, you know, that he's got to get milk from Starbucks, to, you know, there. And, and then I, um, I went and I, a little bit later I went and I talked to the woman that works at Starbucks. And I said, I noticed what, what happened. And, and I just want to say you handled that really well. Like, I mean, you weren't a jerk. You were just nice and kind. And she was like, oh, thank you. And I was like... I've noticed that, that, you know, people seem to come in a lot with mental illness or, or that are homeless or whatever. And she said, yeah, we, we have that a lot at the Starbucks. And I said, because uh, I live right by, and, and I said, do you have any kind of organization you partner with or anything you're trying to do about it at this store? And she was like, no, we don't, we don't really have anything. And, and I said, well, let's think more about that. Like, maybe there's something we could do. Uh, maybe there's something we could do together. And I mean, it's just, I don't know if anything's going to come of it, but it just made me think about, you know, how could I how could I partner with that Starbucks uh, to do something for those people uh, or have some plan for those people or uh, maybe even just somewhere they can refer them you know like um, 
not, not, not saying it's all going to come on them, but, but anyway, my whole point in all of that is, is it just was me just being more aware. Normally, I wouldn't, would just kind of have my headphones on and be doing, right, typing my paper and not even thinking about the people that are right around me uh, that are in need. And so I'm going to start just being more aware. I'm going to try to have conversations with, with people like that and, and, and just talk to them. I'm, I'm going to stockpile my car with, with, with uh, cash so that I can give it to people on the side of the road because so many times I don't have any cash uh, that are asking. And Might they take that money and use it for drugs or alcohol or something? Yes, they might do that. But they're so desperate that they're, you know, begging on the side of the road, I, I'm going to go ahead and give it to them, you know. But, but think about what practically it could mean for you to be a sent messenger of God wherever your space is, wherever it is that you live and, and breathe and work and play and, and those spaces that we are in. Uh, we're going to watch one more video, which is really about the impact that serving can have on our hearts. And it's a, it's a scriptural uh, take on this. And then uh, we have an awesome couple in our ministry, uh, Calvin and Elaine Johnson, who have served many, many, many years uh, for all kinds of ways for hope and gone overseas and helped the poor in very tangible ways. But they're going to pray for our offering today. Um, so when, you, when we take up our offering after this video, if you write a check, if you want to give to International Day of Giving, just make the check out to Hope Worldwide. Um, or if you give cash, put it in an envelope or mark it, wrap it up in a paper, somehow that it's for Hope Worldwide. And then the regular offering that we take up on Sundays for the work of the church, you can write those checks out to LA Church of Christ. So let's watch this video and then uh, we'll have uh, the Johnsons will come and lead us in a, a prayer for our offering. I think inside of every one of us is a desire to help another person. I knew when I grew up that was an important part of, of why I chose to go into pharmacy. It was just an important part of who I am. So when the call came to me to come to work for Hope Worldwide, I was thrilled. It was a great blessing. And now to have the chance to help so many other people help the poor, that's a blessing too. The Bible says that we participate in that divine nature, and I think that's one of the greatest honors and the greatest glories that we can really say about ourselves as humans, is that we have a piece of God in us. When I serve people and I love them and I can hug them and spend time with them, it brings the gospel to life in ways that other things can't. God has a way of multiplying the energy that we give, and you don't know where it's going to go, but when you give that energy out, to other people, it makes a difference and it makes an impact. Last summer, my wife and I had an opportunity to go to Guatemala Medical Brigade and it was just an amazing experience to be able to see uh, brothers and sisters from all over the world bring their talent and their skills and their education uh, to be able to serve those. We've never seen uh, help like that before. Just arriving there and seeing uh, the multitude of children and people running towards the bus and screaming with excitement. You know you're doing the right thing. So when we serve with each other, we really get dirty. We get on our hands and knees and serve people. We can really show our lives and show Jesus to people. My husband Mark and I were able to serve as country directors for Hope Worldwide Philippines. One of our beneficiaries, her name is Dory. She lives in this community and she has five kids. 
she saw the love of the disciples and just the kindness of what we give to them. Eventually, she decided to study the Bible and she became a disciple. She makes little money to feed her kids. Her husband keeps on coming and say, give me money. One day she refuses to, to give him money. The husband just threw a block of battery, you know, and hit her head. She eventually died. And her husband, they cannot even find him anymore. And so that led the five kids to be orphaned. Ecclesiastes tells us that it's good to be in a house of mourning. It's good because it softens our heart. But getting out there with the poor helps you see that fresh and new and at a visceral level. By faith, we rented an apartment, you know, housed these children. And that started the center of hope in Binyan that we were able to house 50 kids. It's very humbling to realize that so many of you have chosen to also serve the poor. It's an amazing thing that we do together. We get a chance to reach out and touch another person and make their life better. It excites me to see the unity of the congregations to come together and serve the poor. Just this past year, we had 9,000 volunteers serve with Hope Worldwide for the MLK Day of Service. Hope is alive, hope is active, hope is everywhere, hope is waiting for all of us to help. They just need people who can see the benefit. I think the only way to really see the benefit is to go after it. When we serve the poor, we're sowing seeds of compassion in our own heart. And when that seed is in there, God makes it grow. When the seed lands on good soil, the Bible tells us it grows 30, 60, and 100 times. When you serve the poor, God is using that moment to make you more in the image of Christ. Hope Youth Corps is a big reason not only why some of their participants become disciples after they serve with the program, but it also truly plants a seed in volunteers that grows to become something bigger, and it becomes a desire to serve God for the rest of their lives. One thing I know is that when Jesus was on this earth, he spent a lot of his time helping other people. There's a reason for that. And I think as we work together, we're going to find the reason why God included this compassionate ministry for the poor in his plan for his church. church. It's been a phenomenal service and uh, thank you all for just your love for the poor. Um, this is my wife Elaine Johnson and I'm Dr. Calvin Johnson. We will be saying a prayer for the offering. Uh, a little direction uh, as we prepare for the offering. For our, our weekly offering, make the check out to LA Church of Christ, although many of you give online and that's super. That makes it so much easier uh, for the church. If you are giving for the initial day of giving as well, then your check will be made out to Hope Worldwide. If you are giving cash for the initial day of giving, there will be an envelope in the basket. So you would take the envelope and then uh, put cash within the envelope uh, for the initial day of giving. 
At this time, uh, Elaine's going to say a prayer, then I'll follow her with a prayer. Dear Father, dear Dad in heaven to all of us, thank you so much for today. I pray that all the passion and the tears from Caesar and the uh, examples of the wonderful young people and the trips that have been done in the name of your love and service do not get wasted. I pray that we go home feeling badly about people who are hurting and yet knowing how much we can do. God, I pray that the eyes of our hearts are wide open to loving better and stronger and without condition, that a handful of coins is always in our car, whether we uh, understand what they need or agree with what people need, that we give to the needs of others on a regular basis. Thank you so much, God, that you've put us in an amazing place and how ironic it is that we just pull it all into ourselves. God, help us to change every day, to be very different every single day, to learn to give more and more of ourselves. Help us uh, also to really give to the poor in spirit. Help us to share our lives, the hope that we have, the one great hope of going to heaven one day and being with you. And in the meantime, living on a great place because of your fabulous, perfect church. Thank you that you are the perfect dad to each of us, that you fill every single need for all of us. Thank you for our kids who follow you. Thank you for our kids who do not yet follow you. I pray that the parents, all of us as parents, increase in our passion to bring our kids to you and that we get advice about it. God, thank you for giving us the very best gift of perfect love from your son, Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the incredible privilege of being able to give to others so much that you've given to us. Lord, for putting into practice the scripture of taking care of the poor, the brokenhearted, widows and orphans, God. Father, I just thank you. For the life that you've given me and my family. I thank you for the brothers and sisters here. And Father, let the message of taking care of those less fortunate be fulfilled. Father, we ask all of this, dear God, in your Son, Jesus Christ's precious name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.